Well, everybody said about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Grown Men Record This Shit. Apparently, we've just gone through a ridiculous amount of difficulty trying to get uh, the fucking thing to work. Uh, but I mean, this show is known for its professionalism, so nothing uh, changes there, right? Ben is shoveling so coal cool. into the recording device to keep it running, so here's some heavy breathing. <laughs> this is Ben keeping us alive. <laughs> I mean, on that oh, note, okay. uh, welcome to the show, both listeners as well as uh, Jeremy and cousin Ben. How's it going, guys? Not too bad. Me and Ben were catching up as you were troubleshooting things, so all that uh, familiarity and catching up and, you know, all that is gone. We're done with that, so what's going on with you, Chris? It's all the preambles <laughs> done with from you guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we, I learned about his workday, his, his boss. He was trying to get off earlier yesterday. So we could record the show, but his boss wanted to stick around to do some shit, hoping to say no, but they said yes. Shame. Yeah. Shame. So true. So true. <laughs> How's your day been going, Chris? I can I appreciate you managing through the the technical difficulties because I know I am a no help. And Ben said he would have been no help to you as well. Well, I'm probably like the worst person to do it as well. I'm very much not technically minded, so it's just a bad set of circumstance that uh, <laughs> we have put me in charge of this. I'd probably be better off if like my dog was in charge of this, but you know, it is what it is. We're making do. I mean, on that note, I feel like I'm hearing a lot more like reverb from my own voice um, right now than normal. Is am I sounding maybe different to a, you guys? You sound great. You sound yeah. clear and crisp. Uh, so maybe try just unplugging your headphones and plugging them back in. Or is that going to cause a bunch of difficulty? I feel like that'll fuck everything up. Hang on, I'm just going <laughs> to stop recording for a second, listen back over it, because I'll be real pissed off if we record like an hour and a half show and the audio is all fucked up. So uh, yeah. give us a moment. We're doing this uh, live to tape, so. <laughs> Just a sec, just a sec. Cool. All right, yeah, it's actually sounding fine. So, uh, let's let's right, do I'll this thing. The, I gotta go back to podcasting. No more E. coli time. You guys are talking about E. coli? Well, yeah. Uh, well, I was waiting for you to come back. I was just perusing Facebook, and there was seven cases of E. coli that popped up. Mostly. Oh. It they really feels cool. like E. coli's taken a backseat to COVID of late. It's been quite a while since I've heard anything about E. coli poisoning. Yeah, it's almost like you're rooting for E. coli to get back in the, the headlines. Come on, E. coli. <laughs> Fucking COVID's getting all the spread around here. No. Just, just kind of refreshing to hear about E. coli from time to time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it almost makes me whimsical of the days of AIDS, you know? Oh shit! Oh, I've I've been watching um getting near the end of um 
You ever watched The Juice? Yes, I love Fucking it. Fucking great show. Highly recommend everyone out there. Finally getting towards the end of it, and then the last season, uh, AIDS is like a big part of it. So it's it's yes. very front of mind for me at the moment. It reminds me of uh, Team America, where they have the song, Everybody Has AIDS. Because <laughs> literally everybody in that show gets it. It's, it's really a spoiler alert. If Kristen indicated, I just made it totally apparent. A lot of things. <laughs> You've been uh, getting all the spoilers lately. Uh, I saw your, your thing about finally getting around to watching either Godfather or Taxi Driver. And <laughs> some motherfucker out here, I actually knew this would happen as soon as you like put this out into the Twitterverse. Uh, some motherfucker spoiled the ending of, uh, of Godfather for you. Yeah, I don't know if they want to get into any further, just in case more information comes from either too. But yeah, he's like, oh, one of the greatest heel turns in the greatest in cinema. I'm like, oh, awesome. <laughs> like, this is a pretty, sounds like pretty important storyline progression that I don't need to know before seeing it. But I don't I think it would are. ruin the movie, though, to be frank. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear it's still such a great film. The The journey will be fun, but yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that I already am. I'm going in it waiting for, all right. And I'm going to probably figure out who the fuck in the turncoat is way ahead of time. I'm like, all right, when's the shoe going to drop? <laughs> I mean, I um, originally watched the movie after reading the book. So, like, having read the book, I knew all of the things. Mm. And it was still fucking enjoyable as shit movie. Yeah, I'm definitely going to enjoy it. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Taxi Driver first mm. because uh, I have no insight on that whatsoever and maybe i'll forget about the godfather thing yeah that's that's what i try to do i mean the other thing with godfather is obviously you've got um you know godfather two and three to look forward to as well uh first they're all pretty hefty films so it's a bit of a commitment Hmm. people say to avoid the third film altogether but i feel i would have said the same thing the original cut of the third one but there was a recent um update to the third one uh like a you know director's actual vision re-release uh similar to the Zack schneider things and um yeah it's like a godfather 3 coda or something like this but it's fucking awesome so you can watch three i would feel like i'd be doing myself a disservice if i didn't finish the story i'm kind of yeah. in that point position right now i have to watch return of the king the third Lord of the Rings movie, but I, it's like three hours, so it's just so daunting to even consider. But I just finished Scarface, which is three hours, so I guess if it's entertaining enough, it'll fly by. I guess that's the idea. Yeah, um, it's kind of like that. Like, I'm the same way with a lot of TV series, you know, you you get through it, and it's like clearly going downhill in the last couple seasons, but just to be a completionist, you're like... I'm going to finish this motherfucker, <laughs> regardless of how many people say bad things. I'm going to finish it just for the sake of finishing it. It's tr- I truly agree with you there. No matter how bad it gets in the end, I need to know how they finish the storyline, even if I hate it, and I'm going to hate it even more. I think That's we're the same way as wrestling fans too. We'll go through a yeah, lot of definitely. fucking shit just, just to be completionists. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, speaking of like just before you popped on, uh, I was going to put over Mr. In-Between again because 
the third season of Mystery in Between is coming back this month, baby. So uh, you guys should both watch that, and maybe we can talk about it. Uh, but you have to watch the first two seasons first, I guess. The it's difficult thing show. here is... But it's, like, so fucking tricky, you know, the, the Australian release and streaming service compared to the American one. Even if it is an Australian show, sometimes it can actually be quite difficult for us to watch with the weird world of, like, pay TV and the split up that we got over here. If, if, you, if you miss it when it's first that first season, it's hard. It's normally not on a streaming service, and you actually have to buy it. Do they offer the Hulu in your neck of the woods? Nope. Not that I know of. Oh, that's a shame. It's on the Hulu. I recently got one over here called Binge, which gives a lot of the um, stuff yeah, that you normally have to pay Foxtel for. Binge is good. That's a shame. That's a real shame. You know what? I'm actually really hit, bummed out for the rest of the podcast now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is such an empath, Jeremy. I respect it. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. In general, uh, to answer your question of how I've uh, how I've been from several minutes earlier, um, I've actually been like really shit lately, to be honest. Oh goodness! Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, basically, getting to what I believe to be the end stages of uh, my current relationship, so it's kind of really been yeah. bumming me out. Um, you know. You try to remain hopeful and stuff, but in general, it's just like a black abyss of disappointment and yeah. sadness. Sure. <laughs> I know how that goes. That sounds horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't officially know that it's over yet, but it feels like it's over. So it's that weird sort of fun time to where you just like don't. Oh, like in between, you don't know what the fuck's happening either way. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I've been dealing with the last uh, last month or so. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to be patient and all that good stuff. But uh, I think the being patient is just like torture for me in a lot of ways. <laughs> so. Like, like, do you make a dramatic move either way? Do I say, here's my dramatic moment, a show of affection and love? Or, here's my dramatic show, and you know what? Fuck this noise. I'm out of here. So, <laughs> yeah, you're like, it's hard to, whatever. otherwise you're just treading water, like, all right, yeah. I guess I'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. And it's like one of those things where she's just, like, gone through a real, like, dark time, like, for her personally. So the idea that, you know... Any sort of big, big uh, show of affection, or, or you know, the otherwise other way of me just throwing my hands up and being like, "Fuck this!" Uh, neither of those things are really going to be ideal. So it's just kind of yeah. this waiting uh, game of wanting to be a good person, but also like it's just like fucking tearing me up. So what do you do? Tearing up my heart but uh, I have no problem sharing all of this uh, this awful, depressing <laughs> bullshit with all of our listeners. Hopefully, you guys are doing better. You're just keeping it real, Christopher. Keeping it real. Keeping it real. Keeping it 100, as Conan would say. <laughs> Jeez, on that, that note, I need a, a bit more Iranian tobacco right about now. 
Oh, man. But uh, it's funny. Speaking you... of Conan and yeah. uh, MLW and Iranian tobacco, did you guys hear that uh, MLW is essentially bringing back Lucha Underground? Dario Cueto appeared on their show? Yeah, it's kind of weird, right? It's like not really Lucha Underground. It's like a bastardized kind of version of it called like Azteca As- Underground. Um, yeah. And I don't think it's like involving any of the real creators or like writers of the original show. Like I'd be very interested to see if like Christopher De Joseph is involved in this at all. Cause I'm pretty sure he won't be. Um, obviously, you know, I'm big, big fan of uh, Dario Cueto and like that whole thing and Lucha Underground is like very close to my heart. So it's almost like I'm a bit fearful that it's just going to be this, you know, trying to, you know, bring the corpse of Lucha Underground or a semblance of the corpse back to life, but not really, but they're just trying to exploit it or something. I'm not sure. What, what's your vibe on it? Zombie. Um, I literally, okay, so I first heard about there was inkling of it and I just assumed it was one of those role-playing Twitter accounts that showed up again claiming they were restarting WCW or <laughs> ECW because there's been a rash of that happening recently and it's been ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't and believe I people heard, would take those seriously. Yeah, but at the same time, like people are not only just taking it seriously, but other people don't appreciate even the joke. They assume it's fake right away, and they get pissed off about it to even imply that being back is fake. But anyway, I assumed it was a joke at first, and then I saw the things tonight and give some credence. So I'm kind of excited. Um, I, I think Court Bauer, if anybody is going to like do a cool, unique presentation of that concept, he's a smart enough guy to pull it off. Um, but like but, he had nothing to yeah, do with I, it, though. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like at the same time, if anybody's going to pull it off, I think Court could. Uh, if someone who's not, really, but I think him and Chris are Joseph are are friends. Yeah, because I remember like back in the day, um, DJ was on the MLW podcast, like. A fair bit yeah, all the time yeah. i like that was my favorite era of like mlw radio when you get like de joseph and um who was that other awesome uh wwe former writer john carl greenfield green oh yeah alex greenfield was great as well but, yeah john carl was like always great he was the one that got like was he the one that got dragged through the the mud with that whole scandal with the um with the cereal and the prawn tail and shit Oh, what? that was that's uh, Jensen. That's Jensen Karp. Yeah, yeah, Jensen Karp. He he runs a incredible um, art gallery as well, like great pop culture kind of stuff. I didn't know he was he was on MLW back then. Yeah, oh. yeah. He he talked a lot of like his um sort of heyday in like the rap world, and it was like quite interesting. Yeah, really cool sounding guy. So I was like quite sad for him with <laughs> the way things shook out. <laughs> With that fucking scandal. Oh, yeah, that whole thing was hilarious because people were like, hey, is this guy bullshitting? And his girlfriend's come out and goes, yeah, he was known to be a gaslighting dickhead, so he's probably a liar. And then I was like, oh, shit. And then other people were like, hey, by the way, did you know this is Topanga's husband? <laughs> the internet was all over the place with that one. Did, were you across any of this, Ben? Not in the slightest. 
So, I mean, get, I think we need to go back to the start here because maybe uh, there's yeah, some other people that weren't part. across it. This was a saga. <laughs> so it started started with this had, dude. Um, what, what was the cereal, Jeremy? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which, by the way, fucking awesome. I got it from like an American candy store over here in Australia and we had like a... It's the best cereal. It's so good. Pebbles, it's top. I mean, it is when it doesn't have uh, dried out prawn tails in it. But here's the thing, man. When when he found these shrimp or prawn tails in the cereal, he's like, hey, uh, General Mills, maker of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, what the fuck are these shrimp tails doing in my cereal? Yeah. And General Mills comes back and goes, hey, bro, those are not shrimp tails. Those are clusters of cinnamon yeah right and it was just from, from them like process. looking at the photos and being like sometimes the cinnamon can can just look like that i'm pretty sure if you look at it closely it'll be cinnamon and then his response was like, like he just closed no. up on it and was like seriously this is cinnamon and it's like so definitely <laughs> looking like shrimp tails and then they go back and go not only that when we're looking at the cereal here it looks like there's little black specks cooked in it which under close examination, it appeared to be rat shit or mouse shit <laughs> baked into the fucking cereal. And the worst thing about it, he had enjoyed a couple of bowls already. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. And also, but like, add, add on to that, like, the fact that, uh, you know, he's they're basically telling him he's a liar at that point during a certain point of the back and forth. And then they're like, well, send the box to this address and we'll inspect it. And he's like, no, motherfucker, I'm not getting rid of my evidence. I'm not sending all my yeah. evidence off to you. And then they had this, like, back and forth that kept going and, like, the idea we'll send half of it to you or <laughs> something. And it just went back and forth. Then he said and... he was going to go to an independent lab. Yeah. But before any results of the independent lab could happen, everyone on the internet, well, his, all his ex-girlfriends came out and started saying, what a piece of shit boyfriend he was. And yeah, because, like, one girl out of nowhere is just head. like, well, I know that he lied to me all the time, so it's probably lying about this. And then she said something about him, like, <laughs> gaslighting her. And then it just started with all of his ex-girlfriends just saying the, like, worst mind-fucking stuff that he ever did to them, which oh, I'm fuck. pretty sure anyone who has, like, just the collection of all of your former partners and they're just in succession say the worst things you ever did to them. Like, no one is going to come out looking good in that. Like, the, the Twitter world is fucked when it comes to this and celebrities, you know. I, I felt for the guy. I don't know if that was the correct response here. How, did, were you kind of, like, feeling for him, Jeremy, or were you like, oh, this guy's a piece I, of shit? I, I always liked Jasmine Carp and the fact that he was married to Topanga. I wanted to root for the guy. He's, I mean, he's married to Topanga. I crushed I had it as a kid. Come on. PWG You're celebrity Topanga, dream, by the way. Buddy. Huh? PWG celebrity Topanga. Oh, indeed, indeed. But yeah, it, I they've made this happens every time. It's uh, a concept you guys have probably heard about. It, called Milkshake Duck, where somebody there's a character named Milkshake Duck, or somebody does something interesting like this duck drank a milkshake. Isn't that rad? And then later says, "Oh, holy shit! We found out the Milkshake Duck is racist." So instantly, everyone something that everybody was enjoying. Now they have to turn on and like you guys remember Ken Bone? It was a Ken Doan? It was a guy who 
Ken Bone. It was a guy, not the wrestler Ken Bone, no. <laughs> Ken Bone. He was this guy who was uh, in one of the presidential elections or one of the debates. He got asked a question, and he was wearing this goofy red sweater, and he had this mustache that made him really noticeable. If you guys Googled Ken Bone, you might recognize his face. But anyway, everyone loved this lovable Ken Bone who asked this question. He looked silly and goofy. He had this little, little goofy mustache. Well, then the internet did a deep dive on Ken Bone and found out that he was, like, really filthy and looking dirty <laughs> on the internet and all these chat rooms and oh. was really into pregnant lady porn. And called Is him, the American uh, basketball coach? No, no, no. <laughs> Look for put Ken Bone uh, debate or something. You'll see it. But anyway, this is a guy. He has a has a mustache. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Apparently, he's a basketball <laughs> coach really as well. Popular for a minute, and the internet just turned on him. So <laughs> it's just one of those things where you enjoy your celebrity for a moment, because as much as people like you for a minute for looking adorable with your little mustache. When they find out you're into pregnant porn and you're a weirdo, they're gonna <laughs> So wait, you. they kink shamed him? Was that what happened? They kink shamed the shit out of this guy. But he's also dude? Kind of a dickhead apparently outside of that. Yeah. Yeah, he All called right. women beautiful submarines, like pregnant ladies. Like <laughs> something like that. I forget the wording. It was ridiculous. Wild. Well, guys, I'm very proud of this uh, little game. sidebar. Of course. Yes. <laughs> It's hey, been a good one. You did the show, guys. The things are going to get nutty. Uh, <laughs> and bone. So we were also perhaps planning on talking about some wrestling, disappointingly. <laughs> um, I mean, I've, I've long wanted to do an episode where we just do this preamble for the whole thing, and then we just say bye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, or we totally watched some wrestling too, and it was good. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> One day we're gonna do that. Like I'm, I'm just wetting, wetting you uh, listeners' whistle here that we we may do that at any moment. You're not, you're not gonna know. And just because you look but at the timeline of the episode of like the runtime, I may just put in like an hour and a half of silent time in there, <laughs> just to fuck with you. <laughs> They just throw their ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, there may be an Easter egg of some dog barking little... at the end. I don't know. In the middle of silence, you have to add a little bit of audio so they think the show came back on and then they realize <laughs> it didn't. So they have to go fast forward again. <laughs> That's <laughs> troll not going to troll the hell out of our listeners for no good reason whatsoever. Oh, good. Yeah, that's, that's not going to um, while away our like two remaining listeners at this point at all, is it? Yeah. I think this shows the resurgence. People are going to really come back after this point. And they'll be Fuck like, yeah. Whoa. Do you guys hear that talk about Ken Bone? Shit was <laughs> ill. Yeah. yeah. That preamble was like maybe their best one in 49 episodes. Yeah. And get Bone. all the, the people back. What? I think we should call this episode Milkshake Duck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to get you guys to, to talk up a little bit because of my aforementioned hearing you very Dude, softly I'm... in my headphones, regardless of it coming okay. through fine on the recording. And you're going to have to turn us down, dude. And it, turning you down would not help. That would be the opposite. No, I mean, when you go to record later, because otherwise it's going to be you talking in a normal volume and me and Ben yelling at you. Yelling at you. <laughs> 
and I think that'll be fine. <laughs> I think you just need to listen up. Turn, crank your volume up as loud as possible, Fred. I have. Oh, damn. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I'm yeah, still hearing you very faintly. Bad, Chris. <laughs> so just start yelling, please. And now you're too... How am I doing? Am I okay, guys? How's my level? You're pretty good, Jeremy. Good. Okay, well, I'll just stop whispering. He's still there, Chris. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. No. Hey, what about that Noah show? Yeah, right. So we, we, we actually show? watched a bit of Noah, shockingly. Got a message from um, Josh of the Keeping It Strong Style podcast the other day. It was just like, so do you, are you guys still doing a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dude, it's, it's a special sometimes food at this point, you know? And I said how we like watch some Noah and we're, you know, planning on doing a show in the near future. And he's like, are you guys just the Noah podcast now? <laughs> <laughs> and again, I'm like, fuck, I guess so. Um, well, I'm down to watch some independent wrestling, but we just need to pick. I'm down to watch Noah and just pick one show uh, maybe a couple weeks. Or I'm down to be more regular on the show. Like I record with uh, Derek and everybody bi-weekly on Wednesday. So if you guys ever want to just do shows Wednesday after I'm done recording them and pick something to watch serialistically, we could, uh, you know, really do a podcast here. Yeah, man. I'd be down with that. I mean, on on the independent wrestling front, this was something I was talking to Josh about to where I was like, I'd love to, like, regularly watch more independent wrestling. But, like, honestly speaking, it's just been fucking dog shit lately. Like, I can't think of any time in the history of independent wrestling, like, since I, I really, like, started watching it in, like, 2002 with, like, the birth of ROH. Like, I can't think of any time since then to where, like, the independent wrestling world is as dog shit as it is right now. Like, honestly. And I feel a bit, like, of a negative Nancy saying that, but, like, I don't think I'm wrong. Like, what do you guys think? I personally uh, think there's good shit out there, and of course, there's plenty of bullshit too. But uh, I've, I can watch WWE every week where there's literally almost oh. nothing good, and I'm punching myself for the. That's just masochistic. It, it, and I'm not even doing it like it's just at this point, it's the thing I do on Mondays, and I even gave up SmackDown for the most part. But uh, I heard yeah, SmackDown's I, the I, only good one that they do. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the unfortunate thing. Like, I I watch Raw every Monday just to meme out and live tweet the shit, and I beat myself up, and I end up can't bring myself to actually watch the good show. <laughs> <laughs> but no, do we hate watch some independent wrestling? Well, there'll be a couple good matches on the card and some other crap, and. Well, have fun making fun of the crap and pointing out, like, okay, that was pretty exceptional right there. Because there's some great guys out there, like Lee Moriarty, and, like, it's the only one that sticks out right now. I'm but, yet uh, to be convinced on Lee Moriarty, because I heard all this hype, ooh. and then I watched him in, like, one of the GCW Mania Weekend shows, and he was, like, just, I don't know what the appeal was. Just, like, generic indie guy, ooh. number 28, who does some sloppy high spots, and that's about it. Like, what? What's the appeal? No, Lee Moriarty doesn't do. Lee Moriarty doesn't do much of high spots. He's a 
map-based grappler. I think you're confusing him with someone else. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's probably in the, in one of the other black guys, and I, I don't want to say maybe this is a racist thing, but <laughs> it could be a racist thing. <laughs> Rude. Rude. Just ball bust in there, brother. So at least, uh, like, a map-based, be like, uh, big fan of, like, uh, fucking. I don't know, he's definitely not a high spot guy. He's well, maybe it was the match that match I watched Daniel him in because it wasn't very match. The Treehouse Lee guy that you were talking about? Oh, he fucking Treehouse. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is just mention all of the current indie wrestlers, and Chris says how much he hates them. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you need to watch more of them, and then maybe you can be able to see what other people appreciate it. If you're only watching. One fucking match, and then just that's coloring your entire opinion of a guy's career. You'll never enjoy a lot of wrestlers, buddy. You gotta give them some time. I think I've um, I've gotten very specific on what I'm watching at the moment, and so it's like when that stuff doesn't match up to that, I just think it's shit. So my main stuff I'm watching, actually, the only real independent American wrestling product that I actually dig is Bloodsport. Like I fucking love Bloodsport, um, so I really rate well, we that highly. We can't do highly. a Bloodsport podcast because that hardly happens ever. Yeah, <laughs> that would that would be up to our speed, honestly. Perfect. It would totally fit our 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 podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. We only record as often as Bloodsport actually happens. All right. Every well, six months. <laughs> there's an idea. Um, other than that, I you know obviously watch a lot of Noah, and um, I normally catch up with the the guys every week and we just watch like random old Japan most of the time like classic kind of like 90s old Japan um oh, nice so I feel like anything that I'm watching that's not that is not gonna look anywhere near as good just by comparison which is probably an unrealistic comparison point yeah like uh JCW's most recent show there I think it was opening day when they came back they had the main event featured two guys named Dante Leone and Ninja Mac, who had one of the spottiest spot fests ever. I enjoyed it, but it was crazy and ridiculous. And you may have seen the gif that was going around where the guy was sitting in the chair and the guy just kept doing backflips over and over in his face and then eventually dropped an elbow. It's... Oh, yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> so was that the one where he finally got the elbow and it was the like sloppiest, shittiest-looking elbow ever? It landed square, It landed square. <laughs> But this uh, the Dante Leon guy does like an inverted cutter where he he runs into the ropes or into the turnbuckle, does a backflip, and while he's turning around and going upside down, he grabs the guy and does a cutter. It's one of the moves where clearly everyone's working together to make it happen, but it looks mm. fucking cool. Right. Interesting. But yeah. Come on, we can watch that kind of crap. You can shit all over it. I'll say why I love it, and it's more fun than you know. <laughs> literally talking about uh, how awesome Suggs is every week, because we all know that's true. <laughs> you know, shockingly, like, I don't enjoy shitting on things all the time. Like, it may sound like Mom. I do, but yeah, I... Of course you can. I've, I, I've known you and initially thought you were the positive upbeat guy, Chris, but you are a hater. Oh, 100%. <laughs> he is a hater. No. You're a very upbeat hater. So what? You, you don't come off as negative. But you're definitely like, eh, fuck that. <laughs> I am shook, guys. I don't know what to say right now. 
This is just a revelation. He's your family, and I've known you for a while, but he's, he's your family, so you know it's true. Hundred percent. And Ben, 100%. Uh, I, I think when we go to shows, you are shitting on stuff more than I am now. Come on. Hey, I, I didn't say I, I, didn't say I wasn't. <laughs> but I was just saying you do too. Yeah, he's like a birds of a feather scenario. He's like, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Okay. Like, fair. like I feel I I can hate on certain kinds, but you're exactly the same. You may be a little bit harsher, <laughs> where I can on some things, where I may be a little harsher on other things. Right. I do remember that I last. Um, I remember that last international assault show that we went to, Ben, and something that we definitely bonded over fucking hating, which is funny in hindsight, was Indy Hartwell. Oh yeah. And now she's like this whole fucking big star in like NXT, and it's like I just remember us saying how fucking dog shit she was on this show. Oh fucking, she was fucking horrible. <laughs> I still fucking can't stand her. <laughs> I oh. mean, I guess that's a thing, but still. Anyway, yeah, positivity. I, I, I still don't. I don't know how she makes a living out of it. I. <laughs> It, it was like it's like painful to fucking watch when her mouth opens, my spirits drop. That <laughs> shit is utter trash. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I got that like that she's meant to be that you know that that um, person that pisses you off uh, verbally and that, but to me it was like more mm. just her actual in ring wrestling was like more oh, yeah, offensive well, than I mean. anything. If she could wrestle. I could I could handle the personality because then it might really work, but her high point was her mouth, and that annoyed me. But then she couldn't wrestle at the same time. It's like, oh, there's a double whammy. But of you annoyance. mean like not not in like a getting heat kind of way? Yeah. Well, I I guess she did get a, she was good at getting heat with the crowd, but it's like she needed to be able to back it up by being able to actually do something in the ring, in my opinion. Right. Well, now she's popular on NXT. Yeah, at least I love her. be entertaining, and she must be at least perfectly passable in the ring. Like some people aren't going to be knockout death. Hey, she's falling in love with a serial killer guy, guys. It's it's good wrestling TV. You gotta love it. <laughs> <laughs> What's with that guy always being at romance angles? By the way, like I remember him in like TNA, and they had him in like this never-ending like romance deal with fucking. I don't even remember. Was it that girl who like got in trouble recently for like not giving credit to the photographer or whatever it was? Oh, Chelsea Green. I yeah. don't remember. I just know that the the guy in both apparition or iterations of his character, he doesn't talk whatsoever. So he's clearly dog shit on a microphone and just has <laughs> this creepy ass look. I've he's a tremendous artist. The guy can draw like a motherfucker, but I've never saw the appeal of Sam Shaw. I again, maybe he's one of those guys like just not for me. Like, I don't know. Mm. Right. Fuck that guy and his serial killer <laughs> goofiness and his stupid name Dexter Loomis. That oh, is a bad, a bad wrestling name right there. <laughs> I mean, WWE name generator, like just classic. Like, not not yeah. any surprises there, but still. I guess we're all a bit of a hater. We, that was a hater moment. Let's move on to the things that we like now. A <laughs> weekly segment of all of the things we hate. Didn't even get started on Max Caster. 
<laughs> oh, that's fuckwit. Oh. I love his rhymes. <laughs> well, it's bad enough when he actually has to wrestle in a tag team, but then they gave him single spots. It's like, oh my god, why are you torture me with this shit? I swear he's got to be giving what? like like big big TK some like sexual favors or something. Oh. Unless TK is obsessed with his fucking father being a former tight end fucking footballer. He owes his father a favor or something because that guy, damn. Never have he I seen someone get so many good. chances and just like shit the bed on every one of them but keep getting mm. more chances. I find it's this, a- this rapping hilarious. Sorry? Yeah. I said I find his rapping hilarious. Did, I, I didn't hear you. Did you say right? terrible? Yeah. No, hilarious. <laughs> so awful. Hilarious. If, it was, if it's hilarious because it's so bad, it's painful, I totally agree. No, the rhymes are fucking good and mean. They're, they're, he's not necessarily a good rapper, but whoever's yeah. writing these lines for him, it's, they're fucking good. And they're fucking okay. terribly in your face. Oh, I have nothing, it's, it's nothing against his rapping. His rapping is whatever. True. It's his True. gimmick. But it's yeah. just when the bell rings, that's my issue. It's an entertainment show, not a wrestling show for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, all right. We've, we've seriously finished shitting on all of the things. <laughs> let's make sure we're not done shitting on things. Hang on. All right, yeah, let's continue on. <laughs> <laughs> so we did watch some Noah. Um, primarily two shows that took place in the, the month of March. Uh, the Great Voyage 2021 in, in Fukuoka uh, and Noah the Infinity 2021 from uh, Corican Hall. But before we jump into those, there was a show just prior to the uh, Great Voyage in Fukuoka titled Great Voyage in Yokohama uh, that I just wanted to mention the main event of this show. So I know Ben watched it. I don't think I sent it to you, Jeremy. But that fucking uh, tag title match with uh, Sakuraba and Segura against the aggression of uh, Masa and uh, Nakajima, holy shit, that was one of like the most enjoyable tag matches I've ever seen. Ben? I definitely remember loving it. With the headbutt finish? Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's where the the big head part starts from the leading into the next one. Yeah, no, nah, I did. That was this. Was it stoppage by a headbutt where the fucking blood was pouring out of his face? Yeah, I I think so. It, well, it, was, it was. It was. And it was the the tag title change where Segurigun finally mm. dropped the the straps. So I just want to highly encourage everyone to go out of your way to watch that match. Uh, and Sakuraba had a fantastic performance as well. Uh, all parts of this match were just fun as shit. Uh, oh, it was. Didn't Massa have a, a cool submission too that he get the lockdown on Stugs and finally got his win against him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time win in a big match. Yep. After yeah. like them having this whole like backstory mm. and him finally getting the big win over Big Daddy Suggs. Mm. Oh, it was a great time. See, see, mm. there you go. All of the negativity is gone. Positivity right. train. We're in the happy train here, and guys. And you have to put over Suggs, as I predicted. 
All right. So after making sure we just have to say that on the Great Voyage in Yokohama, we then get into Great Voyage in Fukuoka. This happened on the 14th of March from uh, Fukuoka, Japan, shockingly. Um, and uh, this was, I thought, a very fun show all around. Uh, any any things that stand out to you guys before we, we jump into the card here? How about the new gear from the Funky Express? Oh, the first thing yes. I, I definitely need to find out uh, what the hell's going on there. Yeah, so that was that happened in the the show previously where friggin' uh, Kone got Tanner to start wearing the, the it's gold pants with Tanner on the butt with the the rainbow and the yeah. big cool. So we have Funky like, Yone and now we have Funky yeah. Tanny. Yeah. And that's Tadaguchi, the same badass guy from all yeah. the other show that does all the yeah. gnarly ass headbutts and yeah. fucking double overhead shots yeah. and shit. Yeah. How great <laughs> so is that? At first I was like, what the hell is going on here? How he, cool is their pose together? Where they're both doing their, like, their... The disco from, point? Yeah, the... Yeah. Fuck yeah. Like, Saturday Night Live, the Travolta type thing or something? Yep. Yeah. I, I think cool it's just the... The mm. funk is very um, easy to, to catch. He just caught that funk. Mm. And uh, now he's all, all <laughs> funkified. And the Funky yeah. Express is is on its way. Very nice. Yeah. Because no. seriously, uh, all I can think about is at first I was like, okay, this is a new guy. Because it can't be not a Gucci that I remember. I was Googling it and she was like, no, it looks like that same motherfucker. Wow. Yeah, it's it's tremendous. a cool, nice haircut as well. Slick yeah. back sides and uh, everything. That was it was definitely good, nice to see. So we're not going to see uh, Funky Tanny grow out the uh, the afro like Yone. <laughs> Maybe we'll just get a wig, mm. just like a sweet wig to wear to enter with. That'd be so dope. Yeah, but there is the, the nice part where the lead into the next show mm. is where the Funky Express have a tag match against what are the what's uh, Sato and. Uh, Akatoshi in, Saito you know, and Masao yeah. Inoue. I think they're are they like yeah. the the anti wrestling club or something like that. Yeah, anti wrestling alliance. Yeah, where they have a tag match where the winner absorbs the other tag team into their group. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, they're all going to be funky yeah. as hell, aren't they? <laughs> oh fuck oh. It, Hey, it, they it, had it, some it, moments where I was on the edge it, of my seat, Ben. I uh, I was thinking, it, shit, is the Funky Express over it, before it has even begun? It, but but then you see in the next one you see um, Sato I think ends up wearing the blue, and like has like the grey slick back hair. Yeah, he goes and, back to um, the bleach hair. Yeah, and you know a uh, has like is wearing bright pink. Yeah, I'm very excited gold. for this in the future. But he doesn't like you know the others all have the long nice snake type scarf thing. He gets like a mini one. It's like the size of a, it wouldn't be any more than like half a meter compared to their ones that like hit the ground. It's like a little baby. <laughs> Just a comedically short, uh, crappy one. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And then they, they had this cool team pose as well oh. on their, their first match. Yeah. Very excited. Well, I it think was, we was maybe so we don't need to like go on a match by match basis for these shows because I think a lot of them. This Fukuoka show was a bit of a while back when I watched the whole thing last. So I think there's going to be a lot of me being like, I think I remember that match. Probably won't make for great um, 
Apple Podcast Audio. Uh, well, I did take a couple of notes that I wanted. Yeah, to yeah, yeah please. That's, that's what I'm saying. If you've got specific notes on certain matches, throw them out here right now. Let's go over it. Well, I'll go in order. So, with yeah. the first match, like the first thing I say, again, Tanaguchi, what the hell's going on? Uh, but I also yeah, this say, is uh, Kenya Okada, Yatataki Yano, Yoshiki Inomura versus the Full Throttle uh, trio of Hajime Ohara, Yohei, and uh, also teaming Taniguchi, with so. Shuhei Tanaguchi, or Funky Tani, as we say. So yeah, my notes Tani. were. Okada looks like he actually has been putting on some masks because he's like filled out a lot more. Maybe he's like, you know, gonna eventually try to like slim out, just try to get more big, be a bigger heavyweight. It's I know that. Boy. I wanted to, yeah, I want to put over Inamura now doing that uh, stalling uh, yeah. vertical thing place where he does the squat. Like that's oh, perfect for his character. It's so I good. Love it. And yeah. then it, it cued the announcer guy. About Inamura, he said he's a power. He's a has the power of ten bulls, powered by <laughs> ten bulls. <laughs> I remember that now. I I really want to put over the commentary as well before oh, we yeah. get too far on this, because again, I feel like in the past I've maybe shit on these guys a little bit, but they've oh, won me over so damn hard, like oh, tremendous. 100%. Yeah, when we the second show you had me watch a couple matches from when it was just the Japanese commentators on there, I was like, ah. Oh. I mean, I'll still get the feel, but I, I kind of like, especially the low key guy of the yeah. English commentator. He's like, okay, Nakama or whatever, Nakadima's gonna do this, na, 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 na. Yeah. really chill. I, I dig his yeah. style. I think that's it's, is it Pickering that one? Yeah, I think that is. Is he uh, the one who has the great thing on either Masa or Inamura, where he's like, how many pies can he eat? He ate all of the pies. You remember yeah. this? I think that's the other guy. That's the yeah, other guy. The other guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The other guy's really funny and does the crazy statements where I think Pickering has all the the info, the background, and really gives you like like the, the move names that you never really knew before. Yep. Or tells what uh, their friend, like the prefecture yeah. of Japan or whatever. But uh, and then like the type of people, it's like. He's done as like pretty much these are uh, these people under snobby in Fukuoka compared to Tokyo or something like that. Oh yeah, that commentary was funny. It's like, yeah, they're really nice people down here. <laughs> uh, but I Chris, I want to say commentary wise, uh, not to all of a sudden move on to me. The whack when they come back, they're gonna have me mm. the lead commentary with like a revolving cavalcade of wrestlers being my color guy. I guess I'll be a mixture of color and play by play because I'm. Not really that straight-laced. But, yeah, that's an interesting development. I'm going to be doing oh, nice. commentary again. So kind of like and PWG we... from back in the day. We'd have um, Excalibur and then just all of the rotating thing of uh, your your Chris Heroes, your uh, Chuck Taylors, that kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. So as long as I don't get nervous, because, I mean, we, we know I can talk and go on forever. So as long as I don't get nervous, I think I can pull this shit off. Nice. Congrats, man. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I could be powered by 10 bulls. <laughs> ten bulls by ten bulls. <laughs> so, uh, all right, so uh, that's all I had. What do you have for this one, Ben? I had a couple of notes. Like Yano is, I really was really impressed with Yano. Just the 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 forearm to drop kicks, crucifix. He was looking really crisp in the ring, and he had a nice nice little spot where he'd been trying to put Yohei in like a body slam the entire match, then finally gets it. Yes, which was uh, quite nice to see. And 
just then like the how you how he gets the win with that double knee off I think the ropes on uh, with Yano. Yeah. So no Yohei does his like jumping variation yeah. where he just jumps up yeah. real high and then comes down the dude. Always looks real cool. But yeah, there's something that I really want to put over like how good the current crop of um Noah, like young boys, rookies, whatever it is, that like they all look so damn good already. So I just feel like the sky's the limit. And yeah, I see huge things for uh Kenya Okada specifically. Mm. Oh, hundred percent. And then pretty much everything else was about Inamora, which Jeremy pretty much covered. Yeah. Everything Inamora does looks fun. Yeah, yeah, like he did a sumo push where Yohei pretty much went across half the ring. <laughs> I remember that. I'm surprised he didn't go outside the ring with the power. <laughs> Just like that that gift that went crazy from that indie match where the um, the dude took like the pounce and then he just like flies over the top rope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, mentioning the young guys, like the in the next match, that guy uh, Miyawaki, that guy Junta. He, as, as, as yep. we watch, as we watch him develop, like other shows I've watched, he's gotten really, really do, damn good. He's a lot of fun to watch. And then they put over how he was working with Sakuraba, and that was like immediately shown in the match. And yeah, I'm really big in that guy. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And then like going on to the the next show that we're going to talk about, where he had like a really big. Probably the biggest match of his career in the junior tag yeah. title challenge. Uh, you definitely saw a lot of that Sakuraba ism uh, to his his work in the later part of it. We'll talk a bit more about that later. But yeah, Junta looking fucking good. Because um, he has the the judo background, doesn't he, Junta? I think so. Yeah. Because he has that cool armbar. Yes. Like judo toss to an armbar, which was really cool in that match against Hayata. Yep. That was just and his drop kicks. Mm. Well, they're always crisp. The the drop kicks and the, the had started like a bullet a bullet out of a gun in the starting match with just crazy forearms and everything he does well. Hayata is also very good too. His opponent mm. in this match, yeah. um, a guy that's like sometimes I don't get the most excited to watch his matches, mm. but I'm always like uh, when I'm watching him, I'm just like, this guy is a good wrestler. Yeah, he kind of flew under the radar for me at first. Like I. I remember I kind of pitched him and uh, Nagawa's or Ogawa's uh, as just two older guys, but he's like freaking awesome. And I guess he's not as old as I thought he was. I just assumed, but yeah, he's a, he's a tremendous, and he's pulling double duty on this show. Yeah, yeah. Someone mm. someone uh, yeah. dropped out. I remember because like a COVID thing. Do you remember who was it, it was? Nagawa. Was it Ogawa who pulled out? Yeah, no, were, well, Ogawa is not on this show, so that uh, that would make sense. Well, that tag match is on the next show, never mind. Yeah, yeah I think he was on the other one, but yeah. Yeah, yeah Hayata replaced by Ogawa. Yep. Yeah, the COVID thing. And then, more recently, it's a bit of a side tangent, you guys hear about Keno uh, getting the, the yeah, COVID? Yeah, COVID. Real bad, oh, apparently. Shit. At the time, yeah. he thought he was going to die, and then... Not only did he miss matches where he said it was like the first time in like ten years that he missed a booking, but then um, his his yeah. stablemates in Congo, uh, uh, Manabu Sawyer and was it Tadasuke Ben? They want to say like they. I thought other was um, Heyo. How? Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. How? That's it. How? I think you're right. And then yeah, oh, he had yeah, this shit. big apology for it because then they missed Tadisuke out on matches well. and whole thing. 
then how how the is Vegeta? He's fucking old. Like, did he get fucking Corona? No, because they don't travel together. I. <laughs> well, they were wrestling each other. They're directly yeah. on top of each other. I'm getting. It must have happened after that. I'm guessing because yeah, otherwise yeah. he would have. Yeah, but it also was cool to like know that like they're actually like a real stable. Like they actually hang out, mm. have dinner together, yeah. and like train together. <laughs> Mm. That's the craziest silver lining I ever heard in my life, Chris. Mm. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's good to know they're actually bros. N- nearly dies, but yeah, it's cool like hanging out together. <laughs> it, was, it was some sort of warm, fuzzy lining, okay? Fuck. <laughs> yeah, 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 whatever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, yeah, that's funny. Um, any memories of uh, Yone versus Akatoshi Saito in a singles match? Actually, I I, I do remember the finish. Yeah, well, I, I, I do write crazy finishes. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the death clunk, impressive. Hold them on the forehead and slams him, slams the like a choke slam, and Yone follows it up with a huge head kick and clothesline. And to get the one, two, three after Sato had uh, pretty much dominated the proceeding of the match, parts of the match. Yeah, to me, Sato is like a mm. kung fu uh, end boss type of guy. Mm. <laughs> he just demolishes. That's the whole vibe during the whole match to me. But yeah, Love the multiple that. STOs and then beats mm. that with the big lariat for the win. But yeah. yeah, he looks just so gnarly. Like, oh man, this guy's going to hurt you. Love how <laughs> just like thick he is. Like, I mean, yeah. both of these guys, really. They're just like the, mm. I mean, we've got the New Japan dads. These are like the, the Noah dads. And uh, oh, one do, of them. I do enjoy they get to do more than Noah dads than what the ones in New Japan do. Oh, 100%. Part. Yeah. It's like you actually see them get put put over in certain parts where the New Japan, it's very rare that you'll ever see one of them get put over in anything. Yeah, like you can see like these part. guys can still go. Um Mm. And and you get to see that at certain times, whereas like New Japan dads, like they can still go, but it's like you would see that so so rarely. Like, would they ever be yeah. put in a position to be able to still go? Sato oh, totally has like a dad tattoo, like on his mm. arm. It's one of those oh. tattoos where it's it should be bigger, and where the placement is, it was like <sighs> I didn't want to get a huge tattoo, but I still wanted a tattoo. I was just a little afraid of getting the real big one. Yeah. Well, he made up for it with his tattoo. sweet um, top of the shoulders tribal on the back. Yeah, that shit's gnarly. As be- that shit's gnarly. But he just looks mean as fuck. <laughs> He's great. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Akatoshi Saido. Go dads. Um, anything for uh, Daisuke Harada and Kai Fujimura, who I don't know too much about Kai Fujimura, against the Stinger duo of Hayata and Yuya Susumu? Um, I actually was not familiar with this new Stinger. Was, was this guy from Stinger, like, been around, or I just was he gone for Because I don't remember seeing him. Yeah, he had this whole thing where he, like, started under, like, a mask. It's like this, I can't even remember his name. Oh, that's the... that mask guy. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I was impressed. I think that the actual match was pretty awesome. Yeah, Susumu has um, a great match on the next night, a singles match against um, Hajime Ohara that I was just raving to Ben about the other day when I watched it. That one's worth going out of your way to watch. 
Uh, but yeah, I don't have uh, any recollection of this uh, tag. I just, I just have some like comments like Fujimura had just the great, the great forearms drop kicks, which most Noah juniors do. Looked pretty good in the ring. For Susumu, looked really good working over the rookie. And and just the finish was Susumu uh, was, I think he got him in a cross face or something. Yeah, it was yeah. a roll up into Yeah, the... yeah. yeah. Yeah, Fujimu went for an elbow off the top ropes and the forearm. So, yeah, cross face. Yeah, he's been using that as his uh, finish yeah, for the last little while. Mm-hmm. The other thing I mentioned, or no, no, they, a lot of people do this in matches, but when somebody has like the submission hold, the other guy will go and cut off part of the ring. But they normally yeah. only do that when it's the finish of the match. But mm-hmm. this happened like a couple of times where Hayata was just doing it to do it and it wasn't necessarily the finish of the match, which I mm. appreciate. It shows, like, you know, some urgency to actually get this pin, whereas normally, like, you know, I'll just hang out in the corner, and, I mean, I know it's yeah. not the actual finish. There's no reason to defend this. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's, like, one of my favorite spots in matches is, like, when you're guarding yeah. the pin like that, and then the and dude, like, into it. yeah, bulls the guy in to break up the pin, mm. just charges him, like, right through. Always one of my favorite spots. Sometimes they, like, they rarely ever do it where it's actually – where it's not actually a near fall. Like normally, mm-hmm. these like in this situation, he was just at one point just cutting them off just to do it, and then they got to that spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Normally, it's like, oh yeah, we're only doing it because I know this is going to be a near fall. Yeah. Okay. So next up, we actually get two matches for the price of one, <laughs> in the form of Segura Gun of um the the uh, Iron Head. Giant, uh, Kazuyuki Fujita, uh, Kendo Kashin, and Nosawa Rongai against the Congo uh, trio of Hao, Neo, and Tenno. You've got to remember this bits of this match, Chris. Yeah, I definitely remember that yeah. <laughs> initially thinking, holy shit, that was it for the first um, finish. Yeah. And it got restarted. Uh, yeah, definitely a unique match. It totally went off the rails. Mm. It's not something I've seen from Noah, really. Like, everything just went Mm. completely off the rails and had to get restarted. I find that happens a bit when the Sours in the match. (laughs) Any of those crazy uh, juniors, they're a a, um, fiery bunch. Mm. You never know what's going to happen in the Noah junior division. Yeah. What do you think a little tease of Tenno Fujita Stare at the start of the match, Chris? Oh, that was my favourite part of this match by far. Yeah. Got me all sizzled up for <laughs> Ooh, the following yeah. show. Yeah. What about that first open palm, though, in that exchange they had by Fujita? It was fucking brutal. <laughs> and that was like went on to be a yeah. significant part of the, the, the yeah. singles match, the slap-off. Um, yeah. yeah, I really love stuff like that, like being able to plant the seeds that you're then going to... No, definitely. Yeah. Just a little teaser of what's coming the big one. And I, I do, uh, as much as like sometimes Kendo Kashin rubs me the wrong way, there's other times <laughs> where just his his wackiness kind of is, is you just great. Laugh. Yeah, you just got to put it over. Uh, it's just comical where he keeps looking at the ring and then going, looking back and looking, looking, then eventually starts to try and run to get back in. Yeah. And it's like, oh, uh, <laughs> Just, just an error of time management, really, and I can relate to that. 
And, and then it's like, why are you not? Ha- why aren't you happy with me? Because <laughs> he's lost the match because he can't get back in. His body. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking funny. Oh, and did they do the um the spot with the the plexiglass that that's come to be one of um Kendo Kashin's signature spots? I, I remember know. seeing a plexiglass to face. I remember seeing it. I just don't remember, don't know if it was in this match. Right. Because I remember him doing that to Keno like a whole bunch. And I thought, because yeah. I remember 100%. their singles match for the title previous to this. And then I thought they, they maybe did that again in this match. Yeah, I think going. it had to be on the show because I could've, saw it on could've been. I saw it over the shows they were watching. It's a good spot. Well, then it was. Any other thoughts on this one? Um, I was really worried mm. when the stare down happened that we we're going to get another half an hour one. <laughs> <laughs> so I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't that. But uh, yeah, it, I just thought it was great how ridiculous the match got, and then it still got around to plant the seeds of like, okay, this big match is still coming up for these two guys. Mm. Yeah. And by two, these two guys, I mean Keno and Suzuki. All right. And so I can't then... man, I, that's scary as hell. Keno, man, jeez. Like, literally one of my favorite guys in this damn company. Can't get the Conorona and die. I know, right? Scary times. I was just assuming he'd be fine because, like, Keno is so much more badass right. than coronavirus. Like, coronavirus stands no chance. He kicked it right to the chest. Big, nice kick. Yep. He's going to double stomp coronavirus right through the chest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then we move on to uh, a lot of people, apparently their favorite match of the show, according to the uh, cage match aggregate rating system, where you can uh, vote for the matches. Uh, The GHC Junior Heavyweight title about of the evening. We've got Seiki Yoshioka's first Title defense after he uh, won that, that strap from Daisuke Harada at, at Budokan Hall uh, against the tag partner of Daisuke Harada at Sushi Kotoge. And this match, while the, the result uh, dismayed me a little bit, I cannot say that I did not think this was a tremendous match. For me, it actually was my favourite match of the show until I rewatched it, and then it wasn't my favourite match of the show. Oh Ooh. shit! Wait, wait. So, so but I, not I, not rewatching this match, rewatching the other match. Is that what you're saying? So, so I, no, I rewatched this, rewatched this match again right. today, and I watched the Muto and Kaito one as well yesterday. Ah, I see. And rewatching both of them. I found I enjoyed the main event more the second time than I did this match, even though I remember loving it when I watched it the first time. I could see I that. I know, a bit of the gloss was off it, but yeah. But I mean, I would, I, would about, uh, I would say that that's not as much an uh, insult to this match as much as more a compliment to the main mm. event when you really watch the main event yeah. uh, with, with careful eyes because it's beautiful storytelling. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I, I thought this match was freaking incredible. I mm. again, I the the story from the main event, as you said, was beautiful. But I this was just so exciting, and I didn't expect the title exchange. And uh, Kodage is one of those guys that at first I didn't really 
catch on how amazing he is because he's kind of low-key and kind of aloof. But, mm-hmm. wow, the guy's freaking good. Like, he did that crazy Frankensteiner over the top. Yeah. He did that uh, crazy dropkick landing on the apron. Like, yeah, yeah. nuts. Like, And I noticed that the aprons are so much bigger, so they can flat back bump on these mm. aprons, like, way easy. And then uh, that one thing, it's like a gory special GTS step. It looks cool, but if they don't catch it right, it looks stupid as fuck. But in this match, they caught it amazing. That thing is cool. I don't even know what it's called, but like, the guy jumps up, he turns around, catches him into like a gory special, and then spins him around to a GTS. Oh, that was my favorite spot of this whole match. I want to say yeah. it just like the timing of it and just catching him in that that gory special position and then just spinning out into that sweet like spinny go to sleep kind of thing was just like yeah. so impressive. But also it didn't look like overly cooperative as, you know, getting back to the stuff we were shitting on earlier or I was shitting on earlier. It's like when the, you know, indie, <laughs> sloppy indie shit is just like, it looks like this choreographed fucking dance performance. Whereas mm. this had all of, all of that impressive shit, but it, it looked like a fucking, um, you know, athletic contest. And I, and it's about the timing, you know, and these guys timing through this whole match was like fucking, I, I can't put it over enough. Hey. It was pretty perfect. The The finish stretch, too, was just insane, the moves they were going back and forth with. Although the Agreed. one I loved the, one I loved the most was that when Yoshioko looks like he has a one when he lands that huge head kick to a toge when he's on his knees in the mm. middle of the ring, just the connection, standing, Flush, yes. beautiful. And, like, yeah, Yoshioko's so kicks in like, general. He kicked him slush in the head. It was beautiful. Mm. Yeah. I don't think anyone has the precision that I see him with at the moment. It just... Or the snappiness. Anything he tries, yeah, it just looks like that would actually really hurt. Yeah, that, that one kick he does where it's it's kind of... I don't know how to explain it, but it's when they kick, he kicks him in the abdomen and then it yep. holds his foot in place and then he spins around and kicks him again. Like, Specs them, I don't yeah. how, he imagined, how he figured that out or if, he, if his body actually does that, but it's incredible. Oh, it just it looks beautiful because the connection of that the second kick coming down just looks so impactful. Like yeah. it's not just like for show; it actually makes contact and would hurt. And then also the other note I have on here is uh, the, the the finish with the kill switch is probably the best kill switch I ever seen. Like mm. he head spikes him, perfectly. and yeah. it's all about like, Yoshioka's bump, like him taking that spike oh, yeah. bump on it, right? Yeah. I, I normally do hate that move, like nothing else. But that <laughs> that one actually I did enjoy because of the way Yoshioko took it with the fucking spike on the head. It's like, fuck me, commits the Japanese title. Yeah, felt so bad in hindsight of Yoshioka dropping the belt mm. on his first defense when he's as fucking uh, good as he is. But what can 100%. you say? I mean, what what do you guys think the idea is? Like, he won the title but then lost it so fast because of the inexperience and then down the road when he finally wins it, like, he'll have learnt and then that's part of the story. Let me ask you guys. Noah's yeah. the kind of company to have them do another title match and then switch the title back onto him again real quick, like, showing that it's like these two guys have each other's number, like, you know what uh, I mean? That story. Or I, I could see, I could see Nassau, Nassau doing that, but 
I just I don't I don't get it with this one, especially knowing I've seen a few shows down the line, the way this sort of goes. I, mean, I I don't know. Maybe have you got any more of an idea of why you reckon they've uh, done that Christmas story? What you said? Well, I mean, from and again, I've I've the most recent show I've watched is the following night's Corrigan, but I know in the mm. the following ensuing shows that that Yoshioka mm. has like a, a heel turn basically coming yeah. up. So is it perhaps the idea of like the frustration? of him getting this belt and like just losing it so fast is, is what spurred this, this like asshole side of him to come out, out mm. of like frustration kind of thing. Is that like maybe a deal? Mm. But it's just, yeah. I'm intrigued to see where it goes. Cause with the, the turn that's occurred, it's like, I'm, I'm just intrigued to see it does open up a few, a few options, but I was completely surprised of all the, matches in this oh this was the most surprising what actually happened as were me. the commentators uh, i did not see it happening like, yeah. i just thought it'd be the a good match put the the one uh, title defense under the belt and move on to a bigger new one down the line maybe yeah i was seeing it as like a, a token yeah. first title defense yeah. against a guy that's like you know real good like a toge but yeah. at the same time like we need to put over as well that this is the first time that uh Katoge has uh, had the junior title in a long time because, like, he, mm. he moved up to heavyweight for a while and then finally went back to um, the tag team with Daisuke Harada, that, that reunion mm. that we talked about over, like, the, um, the N1 tournament that was a big deal for him. And then so finally he's back in this, like, junior division um, and this is the first time that he's held the junior title. Um mm since man i'm trying to think of like when the last time time. hang on oh i think with the power of the internet here his last junior singles junior title run was back in 2016 oh what a guess did you say 2016 yeah i did oh fuck good job So that that he looked like a bit glassy eyed, you know, when he won that belt. And I was like, this I feel like this means a lot to him that he's like finally got it back. So yeah, first time since twenty sixteen. That'll do it. Are you all still there? Yeah, I'm here, buddy. Alright. So next match we have our semi main event, the Noahism versus Congo bout of the evening. Uh, so we basically have the Noah supergroup of Goshi Izaki, Kataru Suzuki, Marafuji, and Takashi Sakura versus the Congo group of Nakajima, Manabu Soya, Masakita Mia, and Tadasuke. What an amalgamation of talent on the first half mm. of that uh, first team of the two there, the Noahism supergroup. Noahism. Legends, living legends. Oh, yeah. yeah, I um, I just really love watching Katara Suzuki wrestle. Whenever I get to see him wrestle, he always looks so damn good. Uh, mm. I wanted to just draw general attention to that. I that, agree, hundred percent. Always oh, really yeah. entertaining, really crazy style mix. Yeah, he's one of the it's, one of the compelling guys. Isn't he the one with all the crazy outfit too? Yeah, he has like the cool mask yeah, the and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like his presentation, both 
coming to the ring and actual within the ring is just spot on. And just very, very talented wrestler. Like he, when the belt does anyone goes. have a, as big a move set as what Suzuki has, Katara? It's as just big a the, what? The amount of thing, the move set. Yeah, very versatile. He can do whatever. Every match, you see something different. That's he a good just, call. Just, he just, he just is able to pull so many things out of, out of his bag that other guys just sort of, like. They stick to a certain set of moves and they do it every match. You, you know they're going to hit this and that. Where with him, you see, like he has always has his favorites, mm-hmm. but he just every now and then you just see him bring out this another one, another one. It's just like, what can't this guy do? Yeah, it absolutely. Seems, yeah, definitely keep your eyes on him because you don't mm. expect like the next thing to happen. Yeah, mm. the, this I, I really enjoy this. I want to put over the commentator guy. He called. Uh, Masa, Japanese pro wrestler, Mr. T. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I got a good little laugh on that one. Yeah. And I really enjoyed the spot where, uh, of course, Go and Marafuji decided they yeah. wanted to have a chop-off with this guy. So they're just <laughs> holding one arm each and just chopping the shit out of the motherfucker. It was great. There was definitely a point there where I felt like Marafuji regretted his decision. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was on there. Tadasuke. That's who it was. They were doing the chops on. Yeah. Yeah. I also like the interaction between Go and Marafuji just at the start of the match, where he's, Go's just taking the piss out of him, just pretending he's not even there. As he's like. Oh, you know, Yeah. No, Go and Marafuji just. You know how he's like saying, oh, it's. Hand, I think he's a handshake to Suzuki, Suggs, and then sort of just pretends oh, yeah, Marafuji's yeah. not even in his team. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, just always picking on him. I thought talking about the yeah. exchange between mm. Nakajima and Go because they were going off on each other. In oh, yeah. Especially that, that uh, exchange between brutal. the kicks and the chops later. Yeah. Like, these guys just laid the hell into each other. And these guys, you said they used to be a tag team. Like, that was the whole story yeah. back in the day? Yeah, yeah. Axis. Well, well yeah. that was a thing. Like, that was their move. Like, Go would chop one side and Nakajima would kick the back. And like yep. that's pretty much what they do to each other now. It's like every time they're in the ring together, Nakajima is going to kick the fuck out of his chest, and Go is going to chop him straight back. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. That's awesome. That never-ending duel of chop kick, chop kick, chop kick, and it never gets old. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. You look forward to it every time. Yeah, I could watch these guys wrestle forever. And uh, isn't I've noticed that Kaito lately's been doing that. Huge, um, like headbutt. I really, no, sorry, not I don't. Massa Kitamiya, Massa, yeah, where he won with a, yeah, we won the TKO, he brings out again in this match. Yeah, he's been, uh, he's been nice doing little... that headbutt for a while. I think it's mm. like a tribute to, um, his, mm. uh, his, uh, idol, Masa basically. Saito, yeah, Massa Saito. Because I think they even may have talked about that. He also well, did that big. That big Samoan drop, and the the announcer guy called it a fallaway slam. <laughs> I think I, I like, remember no, that. Yeah, that's not right. Gets a pass and from uh, doing a really good job for the rest of the show, though. I uh, I will oh, not yeah, I, bury I, this commentary at all. Anytime I point something out, it's just because it's silly and funny to me, and not to actually bury these guys. So don't get me wrong. Unlike when Chris complains about things. Well, I, I probably was the same too, but they're 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 pretty damn good at the moment. 
But also, the one thing I noticed in the match, how Massa actually got to shine in such a big tag team with such, like, Noah Graves, where he got the point where he clotheslines Marafuji, then Suzuki, and then Spears go and sides. It's like he was actually getting to shine above the others. Like, they were trying to make mm. a point about towards him being, the, like, the next challenger for Muto. Yeah, even though we may have, we were not necessarily, were we aware of that technically storyline-wise at that point? It's no. Like, yeah, I yeah, so it's exactly. So no, you're right. Jump the gun. They're, they're planting the seed perfectly because that's mm. like, oh, look how impressive this guy is because mm. they know what they're mm. doing. Yeah. And that's how pro wrestling booking should go, you know? It's like you want to want to give a guy a big shot, like fucking build him up beforehand. That's exactly what they've been doing. All right, any other thoughts on this one before we get to our main event of the evening? Just really enjoyed it. It highlighted all these guys really well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, So the main event was the big Keiji Muto first title defense against Kaito Kiyomiya after Keiji Muto won the belt on um, the previous big Budokan Hall show. And a lot of us were thinking... well, a lot of us were thinking that um, Muto was going to drop the belt on his first title defense because, uh, like, how could Kaito lose, you know? And then, shockingly, after a great bout that, like, didn't feel like it went nearly as long as it did, uh, Muto got the big upset win. Madness. But I really enjoyed it. I see a lot of people uh, online that, that when I tweet about Noah, I always get the people who hate the fact that this old man Muda has got the title and he's going over guys like uh, Kimia. They're like really, really pissed off about it. But I'm like, while I do understand that they want this company to be building toward the future, you can't deny these the two matches that I've seen are fucking aren't fucking great, telling a great story. Muda doesn't look like a goof. Like he, he doesn't look super limited because the way they're working, he, it doesn't look like they're just having this man have a victory run with this title just to to do so. I really, really dug to this match. Yeah, hundred percent. Like that's what it, you see. All these people that are like saying, "Oh, Muda is getting like the sympathy run, and like you can't go anymore, and it's just real sad." And it's like you're clearly not fucking watching the matches because like Muda is looking better than he's looked since like fucking early 2000s in my opinion um like ever since he got this double knee replacement he's been looking great i mean he had that one fucking spot where everyone gifted and shit where he did that like handspring elbow that didn't go quite right uh in uh, the the one of the prior shows but like i thought overall this match was great and they did a great job of just showing like muto's got that like experience and um, that like wily veteran thing, and he's just such a smart wrestler, and he's like winning because of wrestling the smart match. Um, yeah, I, I'm really liking this run. And yeah, when I originally was, you know, Muto beat Go, and I was just heartbroken. Um, yeah, I, I can see, uh, or I'm starting to see now, like the reason why they why they did it. Muto's like this is like maybe his last like great run. Hey, fellas. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me now? Yeah, babe. Oh, I've been over here for like the last three minutes. Oh, oh shit. shit. 
Oh, I was just uh, talking. commentary on the match. Yeah, just long-winded bullshit on saying that Muto is surprisingly still very good. I actually agree with you, and as much as it made me almost cry, him winning the belt off Go, he actually has been really good. Really, yeah. actually, Buzzy has had so much left in the tank. Mm. And they, they're working around the limitations so well. Oh. Like There was a couple spots where like he no-sell the, getting the drop kicks, and it looked like maybe this guy just doesn't want to fall down so he doesn't have to get up again. But like the way they made it look like he was no-selling it and then saying motherfucker, like swearing <laughs> back at the guy. <laughs> and, then, and then the announce team was like, oh, something he picked up in America. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so much when they brought it, draw attention to that. Yeah. Honestly, like, they are totally working around his limitations in a way that he looks great. And as Chris said, like, if you're complaining that he looks like shit, you're not really watching the full match. You're just prejudging it. Yeah. I, I, like that's my thoughts. The Frankensteiner was beautiful. He nailed it. it. Actually, it's actually getting better. From the, the first one he pulled off, where he gets the, to the one he pulled off in this one, he actually is looking a lot better now. Yeah. He seems to. I don't know what it is, but yeah, he actually that one looked a lot better than the first one. Yeah, I like, agree. Kaido could probably got more more offense during the match overall. Like he didn't necessarily get a ton, but still, like it, it was a great match. It looked really good. Uh, I, I put another note in here. Here's me making fun of the announcers. At one point, the dude calls uh, yeah. a leg whip a shining wizard, <laughs> and the other dude. The other dude puts it over as a shining wizard as well, like because yeah. he didn't want to bury his commentator partner. <laughs> oh. And then the dude corrects himself a little bit later when a real yeah. shining wizard occurs. The whole situation is like, oh, that was funny how that all played out. Mm. <laughs> you remember that, Ben? Or, uh, Chris? Yes, I definitely remember that. I was like, no, you did not do a shining wizard. Yeah, that was not a shining wizard whatsoever. <laughs> oh, yeah, another one. Uh, I've never actually seen someone kick out of Kaito's um, Tiger Suplex. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, prote- they protected that really well. So I thought it was like a big moment when Muto kicked out of it. Um, and well, yeah, also well, it's like a gnarly bump for a dude Muto's age to be taking as well. He did the Emerald Flows and then with the Tiger Suplex, I was like, okay, this is going to be the win. It's like, mm. no. Not only kicks out of it, but then Muto pulled the Frankensteiner out after it. I guess Muto's just got this uh, undeniable old man power. Oh, he definitely does. Muto's powerful chest hair, by the way. Just going to put that over. <laughs> what, what did you think of the the home stretch? Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, I, I didn't okay. think that um, Kaito looked bad in the loss either. Yeah. Like it was the idea he just, like Muto had a real smart game plan and working over the arm. Um and finally, just like it was, it was too much, and obviously you got in with the the armbar, and that was that was that. But it's like I, I didn't feel that Kaito looked like weak in the loss, um, and yeah, I, I really liked the sort of escalation of the the match towards like the finishing stages of it. Um, I, yeah, definitely because he he sort of paced it because normally you see a lot more of the Shining Wizard a lot earlier, but he sort of slow then built him then it just went went to a new level in the home stretch where he pulls out the back-to-back Shining Wizard, the leg drop, another two Shining Wizards, gets a two count, then goes the drop kick off the second rope, the dragon screw, Shining Wizard. 
then goes back to the story of the match mm. where he's been over the arm, pulls out the, the wrist slot to the arm bar. It's like, I actually was really, really, well, that's why the second time around is why I think I appreciated it more. Yeah, that's for sure. I, and it's always like one of my pet peeves in wrestling when it's like they work over this body part for like ages mm-hmm. in the match and then they just like forget about it when they go down the finishing stretch. Has nothing to do with the finish, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But this definitely was the opposite. No, I totally agree. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, definitely have to put this over, put Muto over. I uh, felt bad for Kaito in having to take that other loss, but I mean, don't know where this is going. Is Kaito finally going to get another title shot and then win that one? He finally gets his win over Muto at that point. Uh, Who knows? No, definitely. I'm intri- definitely intrigued to see, how, see where they go with it. Yeah, they keep, keep us on our toes. No, I definitely do. When's the Masa match happen? Uh, it happened about a week ago. Oh, did no. it already happen? Yeah, which ago. I heard great things about, by the way. We should definitely talk about that at some point in the future. Yeah. Um, that's where I'm running a couple matches into that show at the moment. I started watching it. Then when you said you want to record this, I stopped watching that and then rewatched a few of these matches. To, so they were completely blank in my mind. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that is pretty much this show done and dusted. Uh, then we go on to Corican, where um, Ben and I watched pretty well this whole show. I was only going to watch like, ah, my dog is walking over my keyboard. Apologies. You guys still there? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I think they're just being jerks on purpose because they haven't had dinner yet. It's my fault. Uh, yeah, I was only going to watch the like matches on this show, but then ended up watching like three quarters of it just because the card looked really interesting. Uh, specifically, I really wanted to point out that uh, Hajime Ohara versus Yu Yu Susumu match being real fun. I spoke to Ben about this one. Really, it's just a highlight of how great Hajime Ohara is. Um, but I thought Susumu is looking better and better every time out. Really like that one. Ben, any thoughts? I remember enjoying it when I watched it. I can't remember too much of the match now, but I did remember coming away thinking Ajima Harris always looks great and just the things he can do is just fucking insane. And Susumu, just the more and more I watch him, the more I'm appreciating how good he actually can be. Yeah, same. I was a bit doubtful on him to start with, but he's, he's winning me over for sure. Uh, other match worth pointing out? Sorry, what, what else are you saying? I was just saying, like I first bagged the English commentary, I first bagged him, and they're both actually turned out to be pretty good. <laughs> Maybe that's a, a props uh, to Noah right there. Huh? Huh? I said, yeah, maybe that's like props to Noah in general right there. It's like they, uh, they're good, good picks of um, talent, regardless of whether we see that immediately or not. Mm. <laughs> All right. So then the, the other key match I wanted to mention was aforementioned, the, the one where the losing faction would be absorbed by the other one, mm. uh, which I really just watched because I was very all about the Funky Express. And mm. uh, this match actually ended up being shockingly good down the finishing stretch. Some big near falls and big dramatic moments and then ending in Akatoshi Saito and Masao Noe 
becoming funky. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing them in the coming shows in their new uh, funky attitudes. Hell yeah. Any thoughts, Ben? Uh, for memory, I definitely enjoyed it. I definitely thought it was going back and forth, but I thought storyline-wise, it was had to be the Funky Express were going to come over the win. Because yep. seeing those two grumpy old bastards dressed up in fucking <laughs> disco, it's like, how could you not? Yeah. So. Fuck yeah. Um, then we had the Segura-Gun match of Kendo Kashin and uh, Big Daddy Suggs against the M's Alliance duo of Marafuji and Yuko Miyamoto. I only watched this one because I like really like Yuko Miyamoto, and he didn't fail to disappoint. I mean, no, the other way. He didn't disappoint in this match. He looked real good. Um, any memories of this one, Ben? Uh, not much, to be honest. Fair. All right, then we had the six-man tag team bout that I watched only because I really love Osamu Nishimura. So Osamu Nishimura, Kenya Okada, and Inamura against the Congo team of Nakajima, Manabu Soya, and Masa Kitamiya. Uh, yeah, I just really loved watching Osamu Nishimura in this match and especially how bloody great his European uppercuts are. I'll take that as agreement. And moving on to our semi-main event of the yeah, night. Guys, my silence means I haven't watched this one, so I apologize, fans and listeners. No, no. I apologize. I watched them a while ago, and the only I've got notes on the Keno Vegeta one, and I remember how good Junta was in the tag title. Yeah, well, that's okay. That's what we're going to talk about now. So, junior yeah. tag title match. Uh, Stinger team of Hayata and Ogawa defending the straps against Daisuke Harada and Young Junta. Uh, and maybe the biggest match of Junta's career. And I thought Junta shined in this match. And it was like... I, mean, I have a question though. Yeah? At, at one point in the match, he goes for a pin when the legal man wasn't in the ring. Was that a kayfabe mistake? Or do you think that was a genuine mistake there? I actually didn't notice that. Yeah, they, it was at one point in the match, the referee said, hey, that guy's not the guy, and he made him get off the guy. So, was, I, was it a sneaky tag that uh, Stinger got? Oh, that could have been the case. So, yeah, maybe it was. He wasn't aware that that guy was mm. the actual. Uh, yeah, good call, good call. I just sort of told him to get off the damn guy. I'm like, was that a yeah. – did he hit the guy on accident? I missed the – the uh, blind tag, as they call it, yeah. hearing imp- or visually impaired tag is what I would call it. <laughs> to be politically correct, there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that there's anything tag. wrong with that, guy. Commentary. I would just say that. But there's like a visually impaired tag there. I uh, I wanted to draw attention to just how fired up Ogawa was at certain points in this one with his like punches and eye rakes and stuff. It was like you just. Maybe missing out on that previous show. He just had a real, you know, axe to grind on this one. Yeah, he's a crazy old man. Mm. I'm so impressed Uh, at, like, how good shape he's in, how well he moves. Like, he's, like, especially going through all those years of all Japan and Noah, and he's, like, still basically the exact same guy. It's impressive. He looks like he even has the same friggin' tights on he wore friggin' 30 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) 
he's like, I swear I saw something where like 20 years ago and he looked wearing the same gear. The body looked exactly the same. The hair may have been a little longer, but that's about it. Yeah, on our um, All Japan Watch Nights, we were watching um, late 90s All Japan featuring Ogawa, and yeah, pretty much the same. Look pretty well, exactly the same, Vampire Ogawa. Uh, there was a spot in here where, uh, I forget his name, not Juta, the other guy, who goes to give Hayata a hip toss, but he like turns it into, like he spins around and kneads the guy in the face. You guys remember that that spot? That's yeah, yeah, that's so always like, one of Harada's like classic spots, yeah. and he does it so damn it's, good. It's so crisp and crazy. Ogawa does something similar later, but it doesn't look nearly as good as the one Hayata does. It's like, wow, what a! I don't see anybody else done. I mean, I'm sure I've seen people do that, but not nearly with the fluidity and how mm-hmm. wide and big he does it. Yeah, no, it always does. looks good. Actually. Um, uh, there's also uh, Juta had a beautiful bridge mm. on his uh, suplex, like yeah, picture perfect. That guy is great for young. But how old is that guy? Twenty three, uh, maybe. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I think. That's I like cool. how they show the ages in the match graphics. Adds adds yeah. something. And I was amazed to see how old um, Seki Yoshioka was. I was like, oh, this rookie young chicken of a dude. Early twenties. Turns out he's like thirty-four. I thought Yoshioka was thirty-one. Hey, I thought Yoshioka was thirty-one. Maybe. I think I was just amazed that he was like in his early thirties. Even he does look in fucking unreal shape, though. Yeah, he looks so. For sure. I had some other notes on here. Uh, Hayata does a crazy face buster to Junta, like. Then lands a kick directly into his mouth, like as a double, like a combination move that was freaking incredible. Like mm. Juta sold like he was dead, and then uh, Juta does like some weird arm bar where he's like he captures the other arm at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, I, I don't know if I made. Yeah, that crisscross one. So. Yeah, 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 so yeah, cool. Fucking crazy. I'm gonna say you got that one from Sakuraba. You would imagine so, right? Yeah, I remember being very impressed by that. And just yeah, all of his like arm submission work and that looked. Right. Um, yeah, I thought he looked fantastic. And Stinger had some really high end, like just great tag team wrestling with the quick tags mm. and everything toward the end. So I feel totally lame how I pigeon them whole, pigeonhole them as like these two older goofy guys, but they're really fucking great. They are great salty veterans. Yes. Yeah. Overall, I really like this match, and I originally wasn't even going to watch it, like because I was like quite limited on time. Then I was really glad that I did. Uh, I think I've mainly watched it because of Daisuke Hirata and him being like my favorite junior, but uh, Junta, fucking great surprise. Yeah. And then we had the chaos at the end, uh, where apparently our, our next challenges are going to be um, Akuda, Hidaka, and Nosawa. Which Ooh. I don't know what to think about that. Yeah, I I think I know how that match is. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Mm. Auspicious. All right. So main event time: a national Ooh. title defense after Keno's incredible run of uh, previous national title defenses. This time, he's fighting basically the the top tier boss 
that is Kazuyuki Fujita. And can I just say I loved everything about this match, and this match just like encapsulated my love for wrestling. I also loved everything about this match, including the very hilarious and awesome pose down where <laughs> all of Congo got in the ring and just posed forever right in Fujita's face as he just stood there like pleasantly amused by all these guys fucking posing at him. It was just incredible. I I seriously laughed so hard. None of the guys in Congo are like smiling whatsoever. They're just mean muggins. So My hard. favorite part was that when they held the pose and like Keno has like his fist out, he's basically like just staring really intensely with his like fist towards Fujita's dick just for like a really <laughs> extended amount of time. So long. <laughs> oh, and I love Keno's music, by the way. Oh, yeah. Nice. Garlic voice. Mm-hmm. Tasty. Great mean face. And both of these guys have great mean faces. I feel like that was a Hell significant yeah. great part of this with our excellent stare off that we got. Don't know how long that clocked how, in at. How long did you think the stare off was going to go for? That's the question. Is like, well, like I loved how they did it. Like I, I assumed it was going to be long, and then mm. they said, "Nah, fuck it." And they got into it really quick, and mm. then they're like, "Nah, Wait, fuck you, doing the stare down." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got and all the emotions. It was interesting, like the crowd clap as well, because like mm. the, the you know obviously the big long stare off match with Fujita against Go was like no crowd, so you didn't get that crowd participation in the stare off. Whereas this, you had that like clapping and it was that felt like there was a couple of people that were just like, fuck it. We're going to clap the whole time, no matter how long these motherfuckers do this stare off. And then eventually you heard the clap, like them sort of give up. And then like they came back with it, which I really enjoyed. It was definitely just nice to see the crowd interaction because not knowing what the crowd would have done with the first one where it occurred. That's the most interesting part about that first match, really. Like, the idea that it sort of occurred in a vacuum like that. Where they tried to instigate them actually starting it, but then they hold off for, like, the second one's like an eight-minute stare-down. Where Keno finally, like, cracks it and is like, nah, I'm going for it. Goes for the the leg kick or something, wasn't it? Yeah, they had a great little little um, sort of exchange that was, like, real, real intense, getting gone with a bang. And then we had that like really cool like grappling exchange where they just sort of like went for it and he was like in his guard and like um, uh, Fujita did that like uh, sort of like amateur wrestling like banana roll thing. Uh, yeah, I really liked just the actual grappling element of this before we got to the, the big old strike exchanges. Yeah, where he was just basically just laying him, just wearing him down with his size and weight on top of him for a good part. But then, yeah, that, that exchange where Fujita's just asking for me just kick him repeatedly in the corner of the ring and it's like it's, and like where he was kicking him too like in the midsection and like that ribs kind of area that looked painful oh. to be getting all those kicks yeah he was definitely just kicking the tar out of him but Fiji was like I was gonna let this guy wear himself out with all his kicks and then I'll just take advantage but yeah that, the him eager uh, easy name or easy I can't talk right now uh, trying to get to instigate him into kicking him more was really intense. I really like that. Yeah. yeah. So good. And then we got anyone, the slaps. 
Is anyone doing better open palm than Fajita? Fuck. I mean, I would say Keno. Keno. <laughs> so that's why I was so looking forward to this, because like, both of them have some fucking mean open palm strikes. I think everything about Fajita is mean. It's like, from his power bomb to the head kicks he does, it's like, everything he does looks like, this is going to want to fucking hurt you and make you cry. Yeah. To me, he's like everything I want out of um, when I watch Brock Lesnar wrestle. Like, mm. I, that's, the, I mean, it's like the Brock that we got in that first like Cena match on the comeback. We just gave no fucks. Uh, I just love Kazuki Fujita. He also like reminds me of like the Japanese wrestling version of Shrek in like the nicest way. And uh, thinking back about those slaps, open palm strikes, I would be remiss if I didn't put over Masakatsu Funaki's. Mm, true, true. He had some amazing ones in his match with Keno. Yeah. I also want to put over the way that Keno sold these open palm slaps. He literally, like, buckled into a puddle of Keno on the floor. It was pretty great. Yeah, that last one where he just kind of, like, and kind of, like, yeah. crumbled. It's just knees dissolved throughout from underneath him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like reminds me a lot of um, Kawada's cells, actually. Like, having watched a fair bit of Kawada in the last few weeks, the way he'll, like, take a strike and then he'll sort of have that, like, delayed cell afterwards and just kind of, like, crumple. I feel like. Oh, yeah. We definitely see a lot of. Great um, gifts of him doing that. Sorry? There's been. There's some great gifts out there of Kawada, like, trying to no sell, like, a. Suplex and they're just like, melts. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, Keno's definitely inspired a lot by Kawada. That's not like a shock. And then also on the here, the penalty kicks are really stiff, but for the finish, he, he missed the first one. Do you think that was intentional or or what? Like, what was that? The end, there was two, he, the, at the yeah. end, the very finish, there was two penalty kicks, one mm. attempt, and then one he actually connected with the second yeah. one. Yeah, I think uh, I don't think that was intentional, um, but okay. he definitely made up for it on the second one. Yeah, it was fucking mean <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> Brutal, and I love that. Uh, yeah, Keno did his version of the soccer kick earlier. Got a little penalty kick. Like it, it, at this point, it's like a lot of people do it, but it's fucking mean as fuck, dude. It, it's one of those moves like. Uh, I don't know how they're not actually giving that guy CTE instantly. <laughs> yeah, probably not not good for the long-term health, to mm -hmm. be fair. No. But, you know, from a st spectator standpoint, fucking yeah. pop for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was a meaty match. Uh, very physical. I think just the ideal version of what this possibly could have been. Um and I saw a lot of praise for it initially. Um, and, yeah, I just echo all of that praise. This is fucking awesome. Um, again, shocker that, that Keno lost the title to, like, Fujita of all people. Um, but, fuck, it was awesome. So I'm not going to complain. Makes me think about everyone was complaining about Muda being champ. And now the other champ is another <laughs> old motherfucker, too. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Noah, I'm all about the old boys getting pushes in, in 2021. Let's keep this going. All about those old dogs. 
seen who his first challenger is? I did. His, uh, mm. his stable mate in Sigurigun, none other than Big Daddy Subs. Ooh. Can't wait for that match. Oh, God, yeah. So we have that to look forward to as well. So definitely be talking all about that. Uh, any other final thoughts, guys, before we shut this down? No, I mean, I I was definitely shocked to see the way this match turned out, but um, it, you can't, it's hard to say it's a lame decision because Fujita is just a badass beast of a motherfucker. So. Yeah, and this was like the best Fujita's looked since that match with Go, like in my opinion. So good for him. Indeed. And that fucking power bomb was nasty, hey? Describes him in a T. Everything he does is fucking nasty. <laughs> that's what I want. That's what I want in my wrestling. There's people that I'm are right going to unnecessarily you. hurt people. Oh, I'm right with you there. The harder it looks, the more I enjoy it. Yep. All right, guys. Well, that is the end here. I've got my best friend, the lovely David, sitting here. She's been so patient and nice having walked in the door. While I'm doing this fucking podcast. So let's finish Say this thing. Say hello, Sam, for me. Jeremy says hello. Hello, Jeremy. So does Ben. He says hello, too. Ben also says hello. Oh, hello, Ben. Ben, you're talking to me? Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Hey, Ben. <laughs> 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 um, we should thank the things. Thank you, obviously, the social suplex dudes. Uh, we do occasionally still do a podcast, so thanks for your patience, guys. Um, who knows what it's going to be or when it's going to come out, but that's that's the magic of this thing, you know? Uh, a lot of other great podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, uh, such as... I don't have my list in front of me. <laughs> what do we... Guys, guys, what do we got? Uh, keep it a drunk style. I was. I remember that one. I was trying to think of the others. Um, they got I an elite podcast, I think. There's something about the WWE. Yep, I think so. Oh, let's hope they don't listen to this part of the show. <laughs> we run a very professional podcast, guys. Fuck. Anyway, all of that at socialsuplex.com. Just read it and do fantasy outlooks of uh, and playouts of the glow scripts. That show's really good. You should listen to that one. Let's just make up shows, Chris. Oh, there's oh, that's what we're doing. All things elite. Oh, those are the actual real shows. Ricky and Clive wrestling. I knew there was one with Clive. Eight bit suplex. <laughs> Look oh, at right. fucking Ben coming to the rescue here. <laughs> Motherfucker. I've never listened to any of them, but yeah. Hey, you know, Don't say that. that. <laughs> we listen yeah, to them all the time. There's Lenny and Squiggy's ECW review. <laughs> anyway. Oh, and if you decide on any show to watch, just let us know. Yeah, give us something to watch. Mm. Yeah. Also, um, if you want to buy t-shirts from me, you can go to pentagonzo.com where you can buy my t-shirts. Do it, guys. Uh, follow the show at Grown Men Pod. Uh, follow me at Chris Things. Uh, follow my Instagram at 
ludicrous things, please, uh, all of the sweet wrestling art. Uh, where can we find you, Ben? Uh, at Ben Kelly triple three on nice. Twitter, I think. A lot of great content at there. Eighty five on Instagram. And at... um, I'm at James Vanderbeek on Twitter at J A I M S Vanderbeek. I was gonna read out your thing from memory, Jeremy, and you ruined it. <laughs> Sorry, pal. It's okay. It's okay. All right. On that note, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, no, Jeremy. Thank you. thank you, Chris. This thank was you, a fun time. Thank you. We should do it again sometime. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Who knows when? Catches. All right, bye. <laughs>